Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Round three, the SC Report. JT joined by Alex again. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. Thank you. Good. Yes, I'm uh, happy to be here um, considering I'm so much higher ranked than yourself. That did not take long at all to throw that out, but <laughs> you know what? Lakey was a little more, I don't know, cunning about the way you would sort of take his subtle jives and whatever. But no, I appreciate the in your face, in your face, and that's just the exuberance of youth. So uh, yeah, well done. Tell all the kids at school about that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got a fair bit to get through. We spoke a lot last week about what happened in round one and all that and what we went wrong with and all that. I think we're going to focus on the future and forgetting about all of that. We'll touch over it briefly, but then really it's the hu- it's a big week. It's the first price rise week of the season. So after this week, prices will change for anyone who's played three games, all that. So it becomes a really huge week in terms of getting your side uh in either better shape than it is or just into actual shape i'm into the latter uh how are you faring actually i'm seventy five thousand, clearly higher oh, i'm about 45k but it's still because it's so early there's no gaps really in it like my dad is 30 points behind me in total points and he's 10k ranks behind me so there's really nothing in it and we even talked before the pod and I said if I had Captain Dewey and Grant in the first two rounds, like I had originally planned, ended up captaining Teddy in both, I'd actually be 15th K. Like, I'd be right up there. So there's really the, the tiniest of gaps in it. Hmm. And it's Yeah, right captain choice has been huge. I've, I think I've had, what, Teddy first week for 50, if you got that, and Dewey last week for 50. I was saying on the rapper, we actually got roasted by a guy on uh, Twitter, you and I, for suggesting Dewey as a captaincy. He went it and... Yeah, I mean, thankfully the upgrades pushed him over 50, but in fairness, like not a lot of good captains out there. You've almost, it's like pod territory. Yeah, last week was really tough captaincy-wise, and it came down to Grant, Teddy, and Dewey for me, and even then Grant got a 74. Like it was, last week was really rough for captaincies, and that's a good thing about these players, and especially Dewey, is that Dewey's floor is so incredibly low. Like even last year when he lost by 70 points to the Roosters. He still scored in the mid-40s. And last week, they were absolutely terrible. And he got essentially no attacking stats, and he still got a 56. It's like mm. that's, that's the benefit of captaining someone like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, just got to wait for the, the good times to roll around. It's two rounds in. There's some fans of teams that are already jettisoning jerseys and memberships and the like. So it's a long year. And same for Supercoach. I think, what have we got, 25, 26, 27 rounds? What's the, what are we working towards? 27 total, but another Jeez. 25 for us. But some people captain Ponga last round. Like, Dewey captains have nothing to complain about when people captain Ponga. Yeah, well, that's that's so unfortunate, isn't it? I mean, we spoke all about it off-season, how risky it was having him in the front line. You just saw, um, not an innocuous hit, but just bad technique and lights out, misses out on this week as well. But I guess fair bit, we'll get through the, um, there's a lot of head injury news. I think fair to say that's become a huge talking point, and not just NRL, but Supercoach. I said... 
again on the wrap that there's been some talk around whether Supercoach need to start introducing a some sort of concussion substitute rule. You know, if your player doesn't play 15, 20 minutes or so, do you get a uh, or only plays that? Do you get a auto emergency or something like that? Have you thought or heard anything else? Yeah, I think it was that? Whisperer who put it on Twitter and said if someone plays less than twenty, we should have an eighteenth, like a designated eighteenth man to step in. Uh, so in most cases, someone like Itokamanu, Dury, someone like that. And I think that's a great idea. I'd, like they've changed the rules all around the NRL, and it's, it's so so common nowadays that at least one of our players every week will play less than twenty minutes. So to have that backup is definitely, um, yeah, I, I think it should definitely be implemented into the game. You know, it would be funny though if it was like a Tommy Turbo situation. He's 120 after 15 minutes, goes off for an HIA, <laughs> and he gets summed out. So I mean, that's the sort of uh, you know creases that you need to iron out and and all that. And but at the end of the day, we say it all the time: Supercoach is luck. A lot of it. Um, you know, I'm just so unlucky that Jamal Fogarty, for whatever reason, isn't getting attacking stats. Just you know, all those bad referee calls and that kind of thing. The tight changes. Yeah. You know, these these things turn around. We got a long long way ahead of us. Uh, so, yeah, I think to sum up last round, I thought it would be bounced back. With, but, you know, I, I think I climbed 800 spots. So I'm trending. I'm trending. And you're 45,000. You know, I hit the 900 mark. I think there's only one way but up, Alex. Oh, absolutely. How much is your – how many total points are you on after the two rounds combined? Oh, it's like 1850 or something there, thereabouts. You're, something you've got your arrival. It's 1884. Oh, there you go. I was go. looking at myself. Yes. I'm, I'm 104 points ahead of you. And I'm 30k ranks higher. That just yeah. shows how small of a gap there really is. Like you could easily beat me by 100 points this week. You won't with Fogarty, but you could. Like there's a world. But, so you could easily jump me this week, and I'm already 30k 30k points, uh, 30k ranks ahead of you. So that there just shows go. how small the gap is. Yeah, it's not delete team at the moment, but yeah, the the further away you get, the more I feel like it. But anyway, we'll get into what's a pretty busy round three, as we said. So team lists have dropped today. A few uh, surprises in that one. We'll go through those and then we'll go straight into the trades after that. So who are the people that are getting targeted most for ins and outs? There's a couple of ones at the top of my list and I think I waited about five seconds for the app to open before one Brandon Smith made his way straight out of my side. I think I'm not alone. Yeah, he's. I think he's the most traded out at the moment. Um, I've got. I'm, I'm. I'm on the fence really heavily with this one, but I'm happy to go through all my options after we go through the team list. Yep. No, absolutely. So plenty of ins, plenty of outs. We'll finish it off with captains. So straight down to business. Let's get into the team news. Yep, triple supercoach is rocking the footy with that one. All right, first game of the round. Uh, obviously, maybe start with Penrith having the bye. Um, we'll, we'll get into them in a little bit, but yeah, geez, it's kind of damaged my side a little bit. But straight off the bat, uh, Four Pines Park, where Tommy goes to shine, Manly versus Para. Para 0-2. This is a big game for them. But uh, in terms of ins, it's a fairly stable side for uh, Manly, who had the bye last week. So Tommy Turbo, obviously, clean bill of health. Big one in for them, Joshy Schuster. So if you started with him like I did, it's good to see that he did make it back in round three, as we suspected. I think what will trip up some people, and I fair to say I think round one was a good indication, but Sean Kepi, popular cheapy, bumped to the bench for Josh Alloyer, and that's how they ran out in round one. But Kepi, this is a bit of a disaster, isn't it? Yeah, Kepi was in my side um, before that move to the bench in round one, and I'm very happy I got I got rid of him at that stage. But even then, he still knocked out of 40 points in the first round in 40 minutes. Mm. You'd probably expect roughly the same. Oh, like the only middles they have uh, on the bench is Ethan Bullimore and maybe Ben Trebojevic. But other than that, he's really the only, 
like the main middle on the bench. He should probably get 40 minutes again in that rotation and probably bumps out of 35 to 40, which is better than what Mawale and uh, Frank Lapelle have been getting out. So honestly, I'd probably hold him and just get that 100, 150K he'll make and then flick him. Yeah, I think that's uh, might take a little bit longer than I first thought that 150 k But I mean, for me, the I'm happy to get as you said, keep Sean Kepi around because he's only played the one game, won't lose or whatever in price. So there's no real issue there, and break even of ten, I think. So definitely no Southwood's movement. But the name that I saw on the extendeds was Toa Sipley, and he was in this, that same position in round one. He played. He's played a lot of games for Manly over the last couple of years. So the fact he's sort of bumped him to the extendeds uh, would have me a little bit worried just in terms of longevity. But for the time being, he's in the side. We'll knock out a pretty meat potatoes, 30, 40 or whatever. So not huge alarm bells, but not nice to see him out of that lock spot. Um, anything else for Manly? I mean, it's a fairly uh, as expected kind of side. Yeah, no, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, it's good to see Schuster back, and hopefully that means he stays healthy and puts in decent performances over the next two. So he's a good downgrade option come round uh, five. Uh, other than that, pretty stock standard, and um, hopefully it's a Tommy Turbo masterclass again. Actually, what do you reckon, just quickly on Josh Schuster, if you were to put a bet on you know, over-under points for this game, coming back from a calf injury, we see it kind Oof. of slows people down, and it's he's had a pretty checkered last year, so there's a lot of expectation on him. Yeah, I think at home, and Eels not being fantastic defensively um, in the last week, they, they did okay against Melbourne, and 16 points, but round one's a bit of an anomaly, but... Conceding 30 to the Sharks without Hines. You know, I'd, I'd say over under for Schuster, maybe 50, hmm. um, maybe around that mark. I'd, he'd have to get a few attacking stats to get that 60, 70, but I think he could potentially nab one or have somewhat decent base this game. Yep, looking forward to seeing how he goes. So relatively risk-free play. A lot of us have gone it early, but keep an eye on him if you don't already own. Parramatta, the opponents, as I said, 0-2. Been a tough start to the year, close losses, but uh, yeah, still no cigar. They've kept the same side as the last couple of rounds. Weird that Brad Arthur's sticking with that, um, basically only playing 16 people throughout the game, keeping one forward fresh on the bench. Not sure what the go is there. I thought... um, Tough golden point game last week. You kind of want to spread the minutes around, but is this just a case of Jermaine Hopgood, the rookie, just being so damn good? I think it's more of a case of having someone fresh for the like uh, so often failed HIAs, which mm. the Eels haven't really been affected by because uh, Junior Polo, uh, Campbell Gillard, Hopgood, they've all made it through the entire game essentially, and it's kind of been up to the props uh, what rotation they want to run because I think BA came out and said that it's up to them what minutes they want to play. Uh, so I think he's just keeping that one in the bench fresh for any HIAs that come through, which is, you know, given how uh, how common they are, it's a pretty smart play, I'd say, even though they are 0-2. They did come up against two tough sides to start the year. Yep. No, absolutely. They, yeah, you know, a bit of luck goes their way. They're, they're setting sail. And I thought Brown and Moses were a lot better last week. So as showed in their scores, interesting now for me on the bench, Hayes Dunster. He's uh, one of the more popular if he ever got their options. He's about 230K, 150, 160-odd cheaper than Bailey Simonson, who looks to have the spot sewn up with Sean Russell's pretty unfortunate long-term shoulder injury. So keeping an eye on Hayes Dunster, it'd be nice to see him get a slot in at some stage. Matto due back next week. I think a lot of super coaches are keenly eyeing off just where he fits into the side. Where are you expecting he lands come next teamless Tuesday? Matto, I think he goes into the bench um, and they keep that middle rotation but he takes the 
40, 45 minutes through the middle, maybe pushing 50, um, depending on Paulo Campbell-Gillard in-game. But last year, he was so effective off the bench in that middle rotation, just as a such a good impact player. And I don't see why they would change that, considering how well it worked last year. And the lack of middles they really are facing on the bench. You could say they are lacking the edges, but Sean Lane, come back soon. Matt Dory hasn't been bad, and BA has said he wants him to be the 80-minute second rower there as well. So... Yeah, I can't see Maddo taking that spot after all the comments that Brad Arthur's made. So, yeah, I, I think he'd take the spot off uh, Makatoa, Greg, or Mamiasia. Yep, and I suspect he would eventually into Hopgood's minutes. He's been playing a lot, I think 70 over the last couple of rounds for Hopgood. So you'd imagine for a rookie that might stabilise. But he's the kind of player that, you know, he's out there throwing offloads at will and all that. So, you know, less may even be more, which is strange to think for what he's been scoring, but just looks to be that ultimate super coach player. So... We banged on about him again. I think you've said he could be off air the highest owned player of all time in Supercoach. If he's not, he'd be right up there. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. I mean, I didn't play him, and that's why I'm below you in this stuff, among other things. But yeah, Jermaine Hopgood. I think the price rise is going to be astronomical after this round. So this is almost a last chance saloon. Uh, all right, anything else on Para before we move on? No, nothing really that interesting. Um, Hayes Dunster, like you mentioned before, uh, he's actually named in the New South Wales Cup side. So I don't know if it's that's his normal rotation or where he'll be in that New South Wales Cup side and on the extended bench or if they're building up his match fitness to eventually take over Simonson. But maybe one to watch there, but definitely not someone to um, have in your, squ- uh, in your squad. Oh, Barry, sorry, the live studio audience should have welcomed him in. Baza, always good to have you here, buddy. All right, next game, Newcastle and the Dolphins. This is a very makeshift side for the Knights. I still have no idea how they made that, how they won that game the other day. I get the Tigers and all of that, but just stack everything up in this game. How the Tigers did not win this, I'll never know. They even tried to do the right thing with their bench, uh, with Appy and that kind of thing. Didn't happen, but whatever. It's the Knights. What a great win for them. As expected, Caelan Ponga out with concussion, as is your boy, Jaden Braley, I think I can taste that steak now. Uh, or th- beer, sorry, beer. We talked about these yeah, steak bets. Yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. happening. But, yeah, I think we essentially said there was an asterisk on it there. He only lasted a couple of minutes in the first, in that second game. And, mm. You know, given how poor the, uh, the Tigers were, he, he, he probably was due for a 200 there. No, yeah, saw it coming. I thought Reese Robson couldn't get across the line, so this is your way in. But no, the <laughs> HIA gods worked on the side of my favour that time. But anyway, uh, elsewhere you got Tyson Frizzell. He's out with an ankle injury. I haven't seen much in terms of uh, like you know injury forecast or diagnosis, prognosis, whatever you want to call it for him. But uh, looked like it wasn't as serious as suspected. So you got Brody Jones filling in there for the time being. But any news on the discords and all the other stuff you young kids are on? <laughs> I haven't seen anything on Frizz, but we don't yeah. normally see a lot of information on Supercoach players that aren't really relevant. No, fair. Yeah. Well, you know, he was at some stage. So there you go. Might be on the comeback. Uh, but yeah, Brody Jones, Lockie Fitzgibbon are their uh, second row combination. Leo Thompson at lock. Like it's a. Yeah, Kurt Mann obviously ruled out last week. Adam Elliott out as well, both I think four to six weeks. So for the time being, they're running with a very small, well, inexperienced kind of pack. Uh, Jack Hetherington is, uh, I guess, a name maybe worth mentioning for Supercoach here. He was somewhat uh, looked at during the offseason, thinking he might get an added benefit of minutes and all that kind of thing. He somehow managed to stay on the park without being suspended, which is a good sign. But what do you see for Heather? I mean, he's scored, I think, 29 over his last couple of games or 
perhaps yeah, less. He's, he's only played about 30 minutes a game or just less and averaged about 23.5 points, but he's been through that middle rotation and hasn't been very high at the pecking order. So he's one to, to just keep an eye on but not to buy instantly. Um, I'd rather get someone like Leo Thompson. Um, start, he started last week, was bought in last minute, and Jacob Saifidi went to the bench. Uh, he's hit 43 in both games. The first was off the bench, second was as the starter, and now he's named at lock. No Adam Elliott, no Kurt Mann for four to six weeks. Jacob Saifidi out for five weeks. He could be a decent play and average close to 50 over that time and make a bit of cash. Yeah, 316K. So, I mean, that's definitely worthwhile. No, Lakey was pretty high on him last season, even just off the bench, but didn't quite kick on in terms of minutes and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, that's the added benefit. He's a player. I think everyone's looking elsewhere and you know, trying to squeeze in some uh, more bargain basement kind of guys. But Leo Thompson, front row. Uh, could do worse, bit of a luxury run, but um, at a good break even, I like it. Yeah, uh, if he stays at lock as well, um, by between now and round six, he probably does get the jewel too when they do the mm. updates. Yeah, which is hugely beneficial with these bye weeks and all that uh, injury carnage. So, yeah, interested to see how he goes. Uh, Ryan Rivett and uh, Dylan Lucas making their debuts on the bench, and yeah, geez, up. Uh, Running on, on fumes here, this is a good chance for the Finns to go 3-0, uh, and o, turning our attention to them. And it's pretty standard or stable kind of pack for them. Or 17, the only change is Ray Stone in and pushing Mason Teague, who played some decent minutes last week, back to the bench. So, uh, yeah, good to see for the Finns. They're keeping the same team on the park virtually. Anthony Milford starring in reserve grade apparently, but can't make, a, uh, can't make the NRL run on side. So it's probably a good indication of where he's at with his NRL career but uh for now the Finns are we all aboard uh, yeah look it's still tough to see I think they're riding the high as well but I don't know what I expect of them NRL wise because going in I had the lowest of expectations so I don't know if they plummet back to earth or when they do I, I'm just not I, I'm not trusting them fully but I think this week I'm happy to play someone like Isaiah Katoa and if I bring the hammer in be happy obviously happy to play him as well uh, so this is the one week I think I'd be pretty hot on doing it. Like it, this night side is incredibly weak. Um, they're missing their six, who's their best player. Missing their nine, they've got Phoenix Crossland in there. Uh, they've got Jack Hetherington, Leo Thompson starting, Brody Jones and Fitzgibbon. That's an awful forward pack besides Daniel Saifidi, obviously. And off the bench, the two names you mentioned making their debuts, Dylan Lucas and Ryan Rivett. Uh, Dylan Lucas is a centre second rower, played centre in the first round for in New South Wales Cup and then played second row last round. Rivet's a 5'8", so I don't know if he's coming on as the bench hooker, but he's only played 5'8 in New South Wales Cup this year. So I don't really know what their rotation's going to be or I just think Dolphins could get a very, very nice win here. Jack Hetherington plays 80 minutes. How many times does he do something that should get him suspended? He, he would Assuming not last 80 minutes. Him. It'll be 60 no, minutes. No, this, this is a theoretical. This is a theoretical. How many times would Jack Hetherington get suspended were he to play a full 80 minutes and not get binned? I'd say two and a half. Yeah, <laughs> at the very least. But he, he'd only play 60 with two sin bins. Well, there you go. Well, I'll send off as well. So uh, interested to see. But, you know, this could be his time to shine. So hoping for a bit of luck with the judiciary for him. A name I did have a look at in teams analysis, Tom Gilbert played a, a bit more minutes last week with Lemuelu going off with an HIA that he did not come back for, scored the try, contentious as it may be. Is a name that's, we thought, uh, an option this year, given he's starting and all of that. Have you seen much to love out of Gilbo outside, I guess, that try and the emotion he plays with? 
Yeah, I really liked him. Um, he was in my team a lot in the preseason, but I ended up going Welch over him. Mm. Um, he's not someone I'm looking to bring in because for my front row, I would rather, because I have two mid-rangers in there already, I'd rather go up to a gun or down to a, uh, a cheapie who's about to make money rather than like, go sideways to someone like Gilbert who did have a great, great second round, but he's not really averaging uh, much higher than what I currently have. Yep. Should make a decent bit of cash, but I think long-term there may be better plays around that. Um, all right, anything else for the Finns before we move on? No, nothing for me. Yeah, thank you, Bats. Uh, Roosters and Rabbitohs, grudge match. Looking forward to this one, Friday, 7.05. Chooks have got some cavalry returning, which they desperately needed, despite getting the win last week. JWH, Hargraves, back in the side. Uh, the Enforcer, I think they've missed him without a shadow of a doubt. Uh Brandon Smith, big in, I guess, for them because he's past. Looks like his back issues aren't as bad as first thought. Uh, we did speak about him just at the top of the pod, but we'll get into him at the end of this little wrap. But uh, the butchers are there as always. Jake Turpin and Drew Hutchison again on the bench. So Turpin relieved Smith last week. Uh, I guess is there to do the same just in case. And Hutcho plays a roving kind of lock role. I think that's quite popular these days. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, there are plenty of. Yeah, plenty of love for them with a JWH in their side. I think that should really help. And Victor Radley, of course, also coming back from injury, pushing Noah full weight to the extenders. So, I mean, it looks a much more settled side with those ins. Uh, big match for them. Can you just see what this does with Teddy? He's been very quiet. Yeah, it's more how Teddy um, partners alongside the Soeli Imanu types because mm. that, that obviously affected his game last week and we all saw... As a Teddy captain, uh, how Soeli, you know, killed him. Yeah. It was heartbreaking to watch. But, you know, I think they bounce back. He signed for another year now. He wants to prove that he is the best number one in the league. Um, and, and there's no better stage to do it than against the Rabbitohs. What did you make of Joey Manu's game, actually? Because we thought Robbo's come out and said he's got to stick to his edge a little bit more. He was still doing those in the middle of the park, floating runs, taking runs at a dummy half that weren't on. That kind of thing. Yeah, it's like he's still, still, he still ran a bit and, and got a 71 with, I think, only a try assist. So everything else was base and base attack. So that was classic Manu. Um, I don't necessarily see him as a trade-in just yet. I'd probably look at that uh, closer to origin time when he moves to the fullback position or the sixth position, um, whatever rotation they decide to run. But, yeah, I think for the time being, I'd rather someone like a, a Ruben Garrick over him just for that kind of safety net and, you know, the – Point scoring potential on the wing there. Yep. No, definitely. Uh, all right, moving to the Rabbitohs. So for them, again, they're ticking along nicely, although they did get just beaten by the Panthers last week, but I thought it was still a decent effort. Um, for them, not a huge, a lot of movement here. So Totola comes back from a head knock, pushing Mawale back to the bench. Uh, interesting for Mawale. He's been named on the bench in both games and finds himself in the starting side in on both occasions. Uh, and Totola's played one minute ever since that head knock in round one. So, I mean, I could imagine the Mawale shift happens again on game day, but it's not really doing much for us in Supercoach, is it? No, I think I heard a rumour, I can't remember if it was from Demetrio or someone, that he was carrying an injury into last round and that's why he didn't play as many minutes. He did okay. look really gassed after the first 10 minutes and came off and that's what I thought the initial issue was, but... I mean, hopefully there's some truth behind that, that he was injured, and that's why he played about 15 less, less minutes in the first round. But, you know, the fact that he's been named again um, round three shows that he is, you know, healthy going into this game and, and hopefully goes up to that 35, 40-minute role. The only um, inclusion to this team that uh, I'm not too worried about Totola coming back in, it's more Hamisele. 
and how many minutes he takes in that front row rotation because there's Sele, Moale, and Mitchell on the bench all there. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, very much a timeshare for that role. But, I mean, Totola and Tom Burgess aren't huge minute players either. And Cam Murray, we saw him play 80 in the first round with all the concussions and injuries and everything. Dropped back to, I think, 50 thereabouts last week. Yeah. So a bit of a rest for him. So well, I mean, it's only like a four or five day turnaround from memory. Mm. So, you know, after playing 80 in that grueling match in the first round, um, he definitely, and then coming up against Penrith, like definitely needed a bit of a break. And, and still playing 60 minutes, you know, you, you can excuse a 40 against Penrith in lower minutes because, you know, he should come out and absolutely firing against the Roosters this week. Exactly, and everyone owns him, so it's not like you're sort of hanging out on a pod there or anything like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. so the only other one, I mean, Saluka Fafito has been bumped to the extenders. He was a random starting named player last week, got bumped to the bench on game day, and then now out of the side. Uh, Tane Milne has been playing New South Wales Cup, so we all thought he may take Isaac Thompson's spot in the, I guess, near uh, or early rounds. Hasn't yet eventuated, so anyone who's got Thompson is breathing a little bit easier. We'll get one price rise at least. But, yeah, good to see he's got the, the vote of confidence, I guess, from Dimitra, at least for the time being. Jai Araju back next week from a calf injury that's kept him out um, for a little while. So potentially moves Cheekam either onto the bench or out of the side altogether. So Cheekam, nice to see him named in the second row, but, again, just stay away. Same as Jacob Post. He's, he was he and Arrow were due back this round. Seems there might be a little delay, so they're probably both in next week. Um, and yeah, I would imagine Gcam out and potentially Shaq Mitchell as well. Um, he has been playing really good, Shaq Mitchell, but you wouldn't go near any of these bunnies forwards uh, until you see what the rotation's like with a full team. Uh, another one, interestingly, uh, touching on Tani Milne, he's been playing centre in New South Wales Cup as well. So if they were priming him to take over Isaac Thompson's spot, surely they'd be playing him on the wing, you'd imagine. That's a good point. So, I mean, it's Milne's been out quite a while now. So, uh, yeah, interesting. But Isaac Thompson owners, you're, you're sitting pretty. Uh, actually, quick one before we move on. Alex Johnson, you owned him. Uh, mm-hmm. Weird one. It's a base stat beast in round one. Reverted to his normal self last week. I guess you're sitting okay with those two scores. Yeah, 40 and 62 with only one try out of the two games. Uh, look, I'm, I'm happy as an owner. Um but I am debating selling him this week because I own both him and Coates. Obviously, Coates is back now. It's just, you know, the, the big thing for me is do I want cash in the bank next week to make other trades or do I want to have AJ's potential points um, the next coming week? So it's something I'm considering, but I'll chat a bit more about what options I have on the table um, after the team list. Yep, and then Lachlan Ilias owners from, that jumped on last week. I wonder how they felt after reverting to normal proceedings last week. But anyway, well, that's, that's, the... that's what you get for chasing points. <laughs> Certainly Oh, elongated. Good on you, Baz. Titans and Storm, Seabus on Saturday Arvo. So interesting. Melbourne often don't string two bad games together. Last week was really, really bad. So Titans were also bad. So Battle of the Bads. Uh, for the Titans, Brian Kelly comes back. And thankfully, uh, Khan Pereira's not played tremendously. A few, few errors in his game. You kind of expect that from a rookie. But he's retained his spot in the side and they've bumped, uh, who was it? Jojo Fafita out of the side entirely. So... A little bit easier breathing, knowing that Camperera is sticking around, but thought he was destined for way more last week. He was 30 after about, what, 10 minutes, finished on 40. Is this what we just need to accept? Yeah, he, he's one that is very rocks and diamonds, but even when he scores a try, I can still be in the rocks quite clearly. There's zero base in him, zero base attack. Um, it's all just hoping for tries. And he showed in the trials that he can have games where he scores three or four. 
So it's just I, I, I myself, I'm just looking to hold him. And then when he strikes in those type of games, then that's when I will cash in. And from round, I think it's 6 to 11, something along those lines, after the Titans buy in round 5, they have a really good run. So I'm just hoping to be able to hold him until that point and then cash out afterwards. Yep. Uh, who else we got? Chris Randall. He's in for Sam Verrills, who picked up a shoulder injury. That should see him out, I think, a couple of weeks. Originally, it was quite as a burner, but Verrills uh, out a little bit longer than first thought. Tino's brother, Isaac. Comes onto the bench in Jersey 17 to make his debut. So another NRL team with a couple of brothers in the sides. Good to see. Actually, it's a fullback in Jersey 17 combo, same as the Mitchells. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, not really much else doing for Supercoach. I think Tanner Boyd owners would be very concerned with what they've seen. Uh, are you an owner? No, no. He was the in the mega guy, the, the person that I said to stay away from. Hmm. In our in our little profile section, where we said who's our um the one person we're not going near or definitely not have, and Tanner Boyd was that for me. So he scored thirty five and twenty four over the last couple of rounds, break even at fifty two this week. So needs something in attack here. I don't think he's got a single attacking stat or one try assist. I think off a kick in the first round. So yeah, not a lot doing for old Tanner here. But there's probably bigger fires to put out if you like me. So worth keeping around just in case something finally clicks with him. Uh, anything else on the Titans? No, nothing really. There's, you know, they don't look like a, a great Titan side. The only one that's really performed decently has been Dave Fafita, uh, annoyingly, as a non-owner. Hmm. Uh, you have to you know, take off your hat. And even when they got you know, absolutely destroyed by the uh, Dragons last week, he still pumped out a 62 in basically all base. Oh, 69, sorry, in yeah. all base base attack. Yeah, and it's one of those things you kind of, as a non-owner, I thought last game was a huge chance for him to go large. I was very nervous watching that. Not that it really mattered because I'm going that terribly. But yeah, just having a look at his hit-ups, I did call him out last week as being um, unfafita-like where he had 17 runs. He only had the, what is it, 13 last week, but even then still handy. And you know he can go single digits in that stat sometimes. So I think the left edge thing is going to work magic for him down the track. For the Melbourne side, yeah, a bit of a surprise seeing Justin Ollum back in the centres. Thankfully, has kept the likes of Warbrick and Reem Smith, who are highly owned for Supercoach or ish, in the side, and that's pushed young Tonomapaya to the bench. Grant Edison also out for your boy Xavier Coates, who's back in. Uh, again, I just thought a bit clunky, and that'll happen when you got Tyron Wishart at your 5-8 spot, Nick Meany at fullback, and yeah, you got Hughes and Grant trying to do everything in the side, and I think it just kind of showed on on last Saturday. Yeah, and as a Hughes and Grant owner, I'm very happy with that, and uh, that's kind of the reason I picked up Hughes originally as well, um, after, especially after Munster got done. Uh, he's just so reliable, and with Munster not there, he's going to see more of the ball, and the, the, it's going to rely on him. Um, mm. What I'm looking at this week as well as picking up is Eli Katoa. He's on my radar as a potential trade-in, and the combo that he and Hughes had on the weekend was just so great to watch. Took a little while to uh, catch fire. I think that first half was a bit of a write-off, but then the second, four line breaks. And he could have had a try at the end were it not for uh, obstruction on Reed Marnie. But, yeah, four line breaks. I don't think he scored a try in the end. So could uh, have had yeah, a try. 92 with three line breaks um, and the rest all base. But it, he's just he's, he's, it looks like he's changed as a player and Melbourne system's kind of taken effect on him because old Eli Katoa... He makes a line break, he stops, he's happy, you know, uh, job's done basically. But this Melbourne side, it's kind of got him like inspired to keep going. And when he made those two line breaks, one play after another, it just showed like mm. how, how much of a change this place has had on him and how good he will be for not just Supercoach but for the Storm in general. 
Yep, one of the few I seem to have gotten right so far. So tick for JT, yeah. Uh, Tui Kamikamitha, he comes in for the injured Sofa Solomona, who's out for, I think, six to eight weeks. Really unfortunate one because uh, he looks pretty handy running off the back of, of uh, Harry Grant last week, scoring that try. Mm. So, yeah, uh, Kami is a bit of a nothing play for Supercoach. He's about 500K. He won't go anywhere. Uh, Eli Katoa and Luiero owners might be a little bit concerned seeing Tarek Sims back, but I think I've read the mail is that Sims will play through the middle, leaving both of those guys to continue on their merry 80-minute ways. And I guess looking at that bench uh, with Jonah Peze there as kind of a backup, you've got McDonald, Sims, and Grant there to replace, I guess, Cammy Welsh, and Josh King. Is that the way you're reading it? Yeah, that's what I'd assume is the go. I, I had Sims pegged as the uh, kind of bench impact middle preseason. That's what I thought he would play. Well, that's what I hoped they would play him because mm. him on an edge, he's just too slow nowadays. And Trent Lyara is very solid. And Eli Katoa, we all know how good he can be. Yeah, I had Sims pegged for that bench middle spot alongside Kam Kamitha, uh, assuming Nass is healthy. But especially now that Nass is out for such a long period, they will need someone like Sims in the middle just being a bulldog. Absolutely. All right. I might take a quick break, come back and wrap up the rest of the games before we get into trades. Be back in a sec. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, there you go. Baz had a couple of refreshments in the break. He's ready to go as we round out the last of the games. Cows and the Warriors, uh, big one for the Cows. We lose Drinky, we lose Hiku. Tom Chester comes in at fullback. It's not Val Holmes, as some people suspected. He's been staying there in center. That's where he belongs now. Shibasaki hasn't played since 2021, I think round four, so it makes his Cows debut. Uh, name, otherwise I was interested to see, Helam Lukey in the 18th jersey. He is desperately needed, I think, in that second row. We need some impact there. You're not going to get it from Nano or Hess in terms of running. Keen to see how he uh, progresses with his rehab and how they ease him in, but Liking the, his inclusion on the bench. Otherwise, we've kept relatively the same uh, 17 outside of those backline forced changes. So, yeah, cows, you know, I said on the wrap, whatever, congratulations to the Broncos. You won your grand final in March. Well done. Um, <laughs> for you, I, I know we talked, we'll get into it, but, yeah, are you seeing much if you're a Val Holmes owner? Is this a captaincy kind of game? Uh, that's tough because you don't know what their spine's going to, how the Tom Chester is going to, change the spine. Um, they could potentially look left more now that Peter Hicko isn't on the right, but I just don't know if I trust. It's not that I don't trust the cows. I just don't know if I trust them against the Warriors who have looked decent defensively the last uh, or this season. 
Um, yep. And they're running with almost the exact same side, except for, you know, a couple of changes we'll get into in a second. But yeah, look, it, it'd be very pod play and it could come off because this could be the week that the Warriors go back to their old ways or the, the week that the Cowboys at home on a Saturday afternoon say, you know, we need to, you know, get kicking the ass to get firing up the table. But it's not one I would play personally if I was a homes owner. I was surprised Ruben Cotter hasn't scored fantastically over or last week. Anyhow, I thought Tamo getting zero minutes might have meant that there was a you know shifting around of responsibilities. But Cotter went from playing 67 minutes opening round in that horrible condition kind of game to only 56 last week. And he's very popular. He's 27% owned. 64 break even, though. A lot of people are sort of moving or looking at moving him on he quite comfortably match that and he's not going to go anywhere are you are they flashing red lights if you're a Ruben Cotter owner no no major flashing red lights but you know if you do have a spare trade and you're not using it it's not the end of the world if you go from Cotter down to say a Christian Welch yeah um, that's not a move I absolutely hate you bank 180k and you can use that elsewhere next round Hmm. No attacking stats so far for Ruben. Does like a you know at the line crash ball kind of thing. So keenly awaiting it might be this week for him. For the Warriors, I um, really apologise. I'm going to butcher the hell out of this name. But uh, battle of the debutante fullbacks. Tain Tua Upiki. Apologies to Anton <laughs> and the entire uh, the Q Cup player of the year. There you go. I should know. Well, I should have actually messaged Anton for a pronunciation lesson. But anyway, lesson learned. Uh, he's a big in for CNK, so uh, out with concussion in the protocols, CNK. Jackson Ford as well. Two reasonably popular guys that went down early last week. You might have heard a few super coach scores, judging by the uh, displeasure amongst the community, but uh, unfortunately both of those guys aren't here this week. Josh Curran, he picked up a hip complaint last week. He is named in 15, and it's Mitch Barnett who sidles into that Jackson Ford 11 jersey. So I'm not sure what to make of all that. I mean, Curran seems to be just yeah on the outer. He was used last week for that sub role when Ford went off early. But yeah, I'm still just not totally sure what's going on there. Yeah, um, that kind of just shows where Curran is in the pecking order in the eyes of the coach. Um, I, you'd assume he would go straight back into that edge role, but uh, I, I'm really, really surprised that the outcome here, even with Bailey Sheeran on the bench, it's like they're running two edges almost, and then Tom uh, Tom Ale or Tom Ale. Yeah, I'm really surprised at that, but I think it does mean for Tahu owners as well. He probably does play the 80 minute role again, which they'd be quite happy with. Uh, other than that, there's no real other changes. But just to note on the the fullback for the Warriors, the debutant, um, he should he probably only play one week, but he is one to keep an eye on as well. Last year, like I said, he was the Q Cup Player of the Year. In 22 games, he had 14 tries and 22 tries. This, like, he was just absolutely incredible last year. And um, if he, if CNK ever goes down for a stretch and he's at fullback and Metcalf isn't around, he would 100% be a great buy. Unless he's fullback only, then it's a bit tougher. It's a good show of confidence in him actually, because you got Viliami Vallejo on the bench, um, Rocco Berry there as well. So there's capable enough players, and if they were playing conservatively, that you sort of push them in the edge as a move. I don't know, a Cosy Pompey Montoya to fullback or Martin TMM, but the, the fact that they've thrust him in there, uh, yeah, good signs. Absolutely. The Broncos, the mighty mighty Broncos, coming against your boys. Are you going to this game? No, no, I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm away this weekend, so I won't be able to see this one. But 
you know, I'm still confident. We've won like six of our last seven against them, and the only one we lost was when Ben Hunt wasn't playing. So where are their bogey team? Where are you going? Going to CMC and Willowbank, the country music festival for the weekend. <laughs> Thank you. Set up and all. Set up and all. <laughs> yeah, uh, very good. Uh, Reese Walsh, big talking point from last week. Might touch on him in the trade ins and outs, but uh, again, stable side for them. The only in is Jesse Arthur's, who was pretty handy filling in for Corey Oates last week with the broken jaw. So that's the same rotation. The rest, yeah, the Broncos settled side two and zero. Good for them. Dragons, though, maybe spent a little bit of time on there because glossed over them. I thought for sure Titans will roll them. Dragons were good last week. Sullivan was a, was pretty good. Tyrell Sloan, good. Uh, Jack Bird at lock, really good. And they've retained that rotation so far. Jack DeBell, not in the extendeds just yet. Throw over to you. Uh, give me a quick rundown on the Dragons. What caught your eye? Uh, Jacob Little, he was one that I really liked the look of. Um, obviously scored the try, but not hugely a super coach option. Um, glad Jaden Sullivan still got the six, but Talatau Moan is looming on that extended reserves yet again. Um, Tyrell Sloan, he was incredible. Uh, you know, such an attacking threat, super involved, was good under the high ball, which was his big issue in the uh, All-Star game. So I'm glad he's turned a new leaf there. Uh, Jack Bird, we talked about him last week through the team list, and we mentioned that he had a really good average. I think it was around 90 last year in mm. the games he played at the 13, but uh, the worry that I had was that Jack DeBellin was due back, and I thought he was due back this week, but you know, must mean he's back in the next week or so. That's the big that's the big worry I have. Does he take that thirteen roll off Jack Bird, or does he go into the prop rotation? So if you're a potential Jack Bird owner, he's just a wait and see until Jack DeBellin's back in the lineup. Other than that, um, really happy with the team overall. Ben Hunt, great. You know that left edge and right edge are both. You know, there was wonders all over the park for me. Good, yeah. So buying grand final tickets with the Dolphins and Broncos. Yeah, look, I'm happy just to take solace in the fact we're top four now. Did you see someone had a quaddy or Quinell, I should say, bet between it was Alex Twal and Blake Laurie to score tries yeah, last week? Fifty weekend. bucks on them, and then mm. Twal's got disallowed, and Laurie went over. Oh, absolute heartbreak. So yeah, Alex Twal, he's friggin' due. But anyway, uh, yeah, looking, I'd, I'd give you guys a shot in this game. I thought you were pretty handy, and Broncos were yeah, big game last week. Uh, keen to see how Reese Walsh bounces back. We'll chat on him in a bit. Doggies and the Tigers, well, couldn't get much worse for the Tigers. They now find themselves away from home at Belmore, so the crowd will be completely against them, although it probably was last week. Leichhardt, uh, yeah, it wasn't good viewing for a few of my mates that were there, but apparently, yeah, they really hate their side, the Tigers. But anyway, uh, the Doggies, they're on the up with a big win last week over the Storm, so should be a good crowd here. Big talk is Jacob Carraz. Uh, again, we'll chat on him in the trade-ins because he's a very popular target this week, but... Big one for them is Jacob Preston. He was a game day promotion to the second row last week, moving for Tala Mariner to lock. That's the way they've run out in the team list this week. So that's really good signs for him. It's his third game, so going to be a huge uh, price increase for him next week. Uh, elsewhere, you've got Franklin Pele on the bench still. Uh, I think he's one of the guys people are looking to move on. Hasn't quite kicked on as a, a cheapie. And you got uh, the likes of Tevita Pangai Jr. due back next week, and he's going to play through the prop rotation. So... Uh, good signs for Preston in the second row, but yeah, for Pele and those sort of guys, like yeah, could be the last game you worry about them for a little while. Anything in the dog side catching your eye? Yeah, look, like the one you already mentioned, Jacob Carraz, he's very high on my radar. Um, we've talked about his base and base attack, where it's just been off 
uh, absolutely, you know, incredible um, the last two weeks. First round when they got pumped by Manly, he came out with a 51 playing on the right wing, even though they lost by you know, 25 points without any attacking stats as well. And then last week with two tries, um, he still got like 13 tackle bus and five offloads and then almost 40 points in just runs. So it shows how involved he is in the team, win or loss. Uh, Jacob Press as well last week when he got named on game day as the starter, he was actually named at the 13. And that's why I didn't end up, because I started with Jacob Preston. I didn't end up playing him last week because I didn't think he would be playing big minutes um, at the 13. I thought maybe 40-ish minutes and I decided to take a punt on someone else. Ended up playing the full game uh, on the edge and scored the try. So I was pretty upset I didn't play him for those 84 points. But glad as an owner, I don't have to worry about trading him in. I can focus on other areas and take that cash. And I'll also play him this week as well. I'm not making that mistake again. You're going to break him. There you go. You should go back and do a hypothetical. How much could I actually be ranked if I did every single thing <laughs> if right? I, yeah, if I, yeah, if I started with Will Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Will Kennedy and Wade Egan. Jesus. What a season. Uh, for the Tigers, I mean, it's deck chairs on the Titanic almost at this point. But Charlie Staines comes in to replace Dane Laurie, who's out with a, an injury. He did actually shift a fullback last week and pushed Laurie to the wing which I thought was odd when, you know, they lost to Lau and that. Uh, anyway, strange stuff. But Junior Tupo comes on to the wing that's vacant. He was pretty good in the trial, actually. He scored a double, looked pretty handy out there. Uh, elsewhere, some shuffling around. Asu Kapoa in for the suspended Isaiah Papali. So one week and done for him. Sean Bloor, uh, can't catch a break. Seems to have caught one this week because he's been named in the 12 jersey. I think the big name everyone's looking at is John Bateman. Maybe not for Supercoach just yet, but all this talk about is he injured? Is he? What's going on there? They've named him in Jersey Twenty. Could just be Ducks and Drakes, just to get him out of people's you know, headlines or whatever. But he's there, so might not be too far away. Yeah, he's around. I wouldn't I? Don't know if he'll jump into the team come game day. Um, yeah, it, he's not one that should be on anyone's radar until he's playing the eighty-minute role. Mm. Um, he's also not named in New South Wales Cup, from what I can see. So. Yeah, I, I still. It's not like they're they're using when you still have to get fitness up or anything like that. I think he's probably still a week or two away from jumping onto the bench. But you never know. Tigers might get desperate and push push him in. Yep. Yeah, well, well, they're almost at that sort of stage just now with how poorly they've been going. Brandon Wakem replaces uh, Jake Simpkin, who's obviously out concussed with that pretty nasty hit from Jay Safidi last week. So not sure what that means for Coruscant. Does Wakem pinch minutes off him? Coro's back to, I think he played 65 thereabouts last week. Should be playing 80 every week. So hopefully he's got that match fitness up because he's should be a huge part of this tide. So, yeah, good to uh, yeah, need to see him doing something out there. And Pole in the lock jersey pushes Joe and Goway to the bench. Not sure what Joe's done on the offseason, but one of their better players last year just can't seem to get a starting run. Uh, for Supercoach, I'm pretty off the Tigers. Any Any love? Uh, I'm happy to hold Uto um, and play him as an you know, 18th and 19th man. Adam Dewey is, you know, super coach god, so obviously happy to hold him. Other than that, no love anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I've got Brent Naden as well, so I'll take a 30 or 40 or whatever he gave me last week. He is actually doing better than Tommy Talao, so I'm counting this as a win because <laughs> I traded him for Tom Talao in the first week. So well done, JT, yet again. And how's Stefano getting across for a dodgy try? Like, well, isn't that something to do with the new rules? There's, there's some type of new rule that allows that sort of thing. I, I think I read something on Twitter from uh, Fatima, the Daily Telegraph um, reporter. There's something along the lines of a new rule happening there, but, you know, I'll take it. I played him and I own him, so I'll take it.
Last game of the round, Raiders and the Sharks. Raiders, uh, you know, they're staying strong with the side that's 0-2, but no Josh Papali. So it's a surprise. We thought he was due back after a couple of weeks. Still out with that calf injury. So the same sort of rotation. Whitehead and the CHN are named at second row and lock, but they swap on game day. So again, not sure what the basis for that is. But um, yeah, otherwise... For the Raiders, they just can't get much going. I feel like the loss of Savage from the back line is really stinging them. Seb Chris, good player, not a fullback. Yeah, I, I really rate Seb Chris as a centre, but like I said, not a fullback. Um, and it's kind of been exploited the last couple of weeks as well. Uh, Josh Papali is, uh, they've come out and said round four to six. So I think with players like Franklin Pele, um, with like it's a bit of Pango coming back, Pasami Solo might be a trade in. If you don't have other areas to focus on, if you've started with Hammer and, you know, Ellie Gatella, things like that, if you don't have cheese and you do have a spare trade to use, maybe for some solo is the answer to get out of Franklin Pele because, you know, he should be starting forward for the next probably two to four weeks. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, it depends. I mean, if Papali's back next week, then it kind of maybe stymies that a little bit. But, yeah, for now, he's, he's doing good things and... I was just unsure whether he swaps out with Emre Gula or who wins the final bench spot there. But both, I think, planned pretty well. Gula got that try round one. Bizarre. Uh, for the Sharkies, again, no Nico Hines. So he's been quoted as week to week, but I think they're aiming next week. Is that right? Yeah, but they've been saying that every week, so I don't really know what to believe. Um, oh, yeah, he's it's... not someone I'm even like close to looking at until after their buy in round six. So he'll be around seven target for me. Yep, so same squad that did the business over Para last week uh, retained, so I won't go too much into them. Maybe we just, yeah, we're 45 minutes in. Good on you, JT. Get into the trade ins and outs. If there's any final words for teams? No, no, I'm, I'm happy with all that and uh, keen. Don't know why, I just needed another sound bite, mate. Trade ins and outs. <laughs> it's a huge week, uh, big moving round. Price Rice is moving, as we know. Let's go through the top 10. Should we go to the trade outs first? Because that's often quite an easy one. Number one, Brandon Smith, 30,000 as of the time of recording. Can't see a real issue with that. But, you know, Supercoach is a funny game. He may come out and score 100 this week. I hope so because I'm leaning towards holding him. And that's purely because there's other areas of my team that I think are bigger fires to put out or that there's better targets to target. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't 100% disagree with the 30,000 trading him out. Like, or given all the circumstances and the rib injury, things like that, he probably should be a trade out um, for most teams. I might go through the ones I think are okay calls. Kalen Ponga, I think safe to say he, yeah, we're just uncertain if he's going to get back anytime soon. And even if he does, going to have that whole concussion thing lingering. So third most traded out player can definitely see why. Uh, Teddy, I, I kind of get it. He's been a bit slow off the mark and huge break even. We do always say don't trade at gun, but uh, yeah, well, there's some trade-in targets that are a little bit interesting, but Teddy, I can kind of get it. Um, CNK, understand that as well. Actually, kind of don't understand that one because CNK had a really good first round, um, unfortunate last week with the concussion. Break even of 11 uh, when he comes back, so... Not the end of the world if you're carrying him, I, I wouldn't imagine, but um, people just need the bodies, I guess. So he's number five on the trade-out list. Tanner Boyd, rage trade, I kind of get it. Um, hasn't kicked on. Again, probably like a B Smith. You trade him out and he'll score big this week. That's just how it goes. Tommy Talau, uh might only miss a week, so 
I'm not sure what the uh, the broken nose or whatever tends to heal a little bit quicker, I'd imagine. So Talao might be back from next week, but hasn't kicked on. So get that. Drink water. Yep, understand. Gone for three weeks. Uh, Matt Burton, what are your thoughts on this? I'm an owner and I'm turfing him. Frustrating for the time being, but I need to make some cash somewhere and he's an easy uh, downgrade, yeah. I thought. Yeah, even with the two good matchups coming up, um, I say he's still a sell. I, I said he wasn't a star, and then I said he was a sell after sell, around one, and I'm not changing my tune. He's still a sell. Hmm. Yep, it was just I can't believe in the you know, side that was doing so well against the Storm. He's nowhere uh, a part of that. It's bloody Karaz and Flanagan on, on the edge doing everything, <laughs> and he's missing goals, so terrible watch. As a Burton owner, Selwyn Cobbo rounds it out in the top 10 there, I think. Yeah, he's back at the wing now. I had that one game at fullback. He's been pretty poor, so get out while the price is still high. One name yeah. to – sorry, you want to say something? No, I, was just, I agree with that Cobbo point. And um, just touching on the CNK one before, um, I would assume the the six or 7,000 people have traded him out. That's just a straight switch to the hammer. Uh, yep. I can't see any other reason you'd be trading him out. No, uh, and the final one, Nathan Cleary didn't mention him, but I don't agree with this trade. Maybe it's worth spending a little bit of time on that one, but Cleary, obviously a little underwhelming to start the season. 149 break-even, misses this week. So I think I can justify the trade if you didn't make any last week and you're sitting pretty handily and you know you're going to trade him back eventually. So do it for a one-week thing if you've got, say, a, well, even with an Isaiah Katoa backing up, he has a pretty good matchup this week. So... I can't. I think the pros of holding him outweigh the cons. What are your thoughts? Oh, heavily agree with you there. Um, I, I don't think there's any players that are worth the one week play, and you'd want Cleary in your side for every single game he's playing. You don't want to miss out on any weeks because there's any week he could absolutely kill you there. Where if he's getting one fifty and he's everyone's captain and you're missing out on him and you're holding like a Braden Trindle after Hines comes back and you can't get him out of your side for him, so it's, mm. it's just not worth the risk. Though interestingly, next matchup is Parramatta, where he only averages fifty-three from ten games played. I think just having a quick look down, that might be his worst. If you take out the four. Well, no, you don't, because that would ruin my point there. So, <laughs> <you> think, <laughs> big game for them, though. I mean, they bounced back a little bit last week, although Cleary wasn't really all over it. Playing yeah. at that Penrith Stadium, it's a bit dewy and all that kind of thing. Just hoping for a nice, decent bit of weather so Plus off the buy as well and mm. i think it was rugby league guru who i was listening to and he's made the point that teams off the buy who have two weeks of prep and two weeks of fitness in there will be tough teams to to like to face and Parramatta they verse manly this week off the buy then they verse penrith off the buy so i think they could be in for a really tough run and penrith will be ready to go for that matchup and really really prepared for it yeah, I think if you've got a suitable backup, and Isaiah Katoa, I think, is in that category this week, given the matchup, as we've talked about. Knights are bit part players trying to cobble a 17 together. So if they're going to go large and Katoa's going to do anything, yeah, there's an attacking stat in there. So you could do worse yeah. than that one week one week play. Um, I might just quickly go my own side. I've traded out Remus Smith this week. I mean, he's done absolutely nothing, getting no ball out there. Frustrating because when I wrote the Mega God, he was... I think 20 points off where he's previously averaged. He was in the 50s at one point. He's well, he of... averaged like about 50 in 2021. Mm. So that's the thing. Last year in 2022, only had about a 30 average. So what he's basically getting now. Yeah. Um, but it was that outlier year where he averaged the career best. And besides that, I don't think he got about 40 except for his Bulldogs days. Yeah. I mean, I liked that he had the spot 
secured and it looks like he does uh, for the time being anyhow with Olam back now and him still inside. So, yeah, just not loving the way that they're shifting out there. Might be when Pappenhausen comes back, he could come into the four a little bit more, but for, for now, just not doing it. Again, a player I'm going to back 100% for any time try scorer this week, don't you worry. Um, so I've traded him out, I've traded out Burton, and I've gotten rid of Brandon Smith up the top. Um, anyone else that you are turfing that wasn't on that top 10? Yeah, Egan Butcher. Um, he's on the on the the potentially the way out for me. Um, had the really unlucky round one and where you know he had the HIA, I think it was, where he lost ten minutes and then they got absolutely steamrolled by the Dolphins last week. He wasn't terrible, but only managed a forty four, and they didn't look too great again. The Roosters, um, they I think in a way they got a bit lucky still. So yeah, he just doesn't. A break even at 59, he could easily beat that this week in base alone. But uh, with the buy next week, I th- I've got to start flicking a couple of these Roosters players. Um, now that Brandon Smith has been named, it makes it a bit trickier because I was hoping he wasn't named, so I'd just leave him for two weeks as my backup hooker, um, not have to think about it. But I think Egan Butcher is probably the one to leave for me. And that's purely because uh, there's better targets at 2RF than at hooker. I think I'd rather an Eli Katoa over the likes of Wade Egan or Reed Marnie. Okay. I thought Butcher Egan was a little bit um, hard done by that. Obviously, Sinbin in the first round didn't help last week. No attacking stats or anything like that. I just thought you've got him in for a reason. Uh, Obviously, he's got a bit of an upside at that price. So, you people in your lofty positions of forty thousandth making what I think is a luxury (laughs) trade. I mean, so I I don't. I never really saw Egan Butcher as a season long hold. Yeah. Um, And he's had a really rough start. And when you compare it to Eli Katoa, who Definitely could be a season-long hold and uh, has had a really good start and will make money early. I wouldn't be looking to trade out Eli Katoa unless it was for a day for feeder or someone like that. And that's way more realistic. Uh, it's more a realistic expectation than just holding Butcher. Whereas I don't really see Egan or Marnie as season-long holds. They would be just cash flips to the likes of someone like Damien Cook. Um, but even then, I think I'd rather target a day for feed or something like that through Eli Katoa than a Damien Cook through Egan or Marnie. Okay. All right, let's move to the trade-in targets this week. And there's quite a lot of interesting names. I think the uh, yeah one of the, the hookers on here is really, really surprising. But we'll get into him. Number one at the, the list and one that I've traded in is Hammer. The Hammer, he has really proven me wrong. I thought he didn't kick on as a fullback at the Cows, but he's gone to the Dolphins and been a you know, new lease on his career. So involved everywhere in attack, got the try last week to really bump his score up. But I'm just liking the way he's attacking the line, getting himself involved, taking runs out of dummy half. This is all stuff he's never done consistently. So for me, Hammer, very, uh, if you don't have him already, as we said last week, I think just wait another week, see how it goes. Double down on it. So I think time's to, uh, time is now to jump on board. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be getting him in. Um, he's he's one I'm actually like probably the most hesitant on out of my three potential trades, and that's just because the first round uh, he, he's got back to back seventies, but he had a try and try assist, and then two tries, and still didn't crack eighty. So I've got my reservations about him, but you know I'm, I'll take the short term cash gain and then flick him. I think. Yep. No, fair point. I think a negative sixty break even could be a huge price for us to jump on. Um, a name I just. Uh, saw. So I was flicking through Wade Egan, so number two on the, the list. He has gone gangbusters in uh, what is for a hooker limited minutes at the Warriors. He is an enigma at this point in the season, but he is the second most popular trade in, in round three. Can't say I saw that one coming. 
No, I, like I understand it because he said the two great scores, negative 44 BE, should make decent money, uh, but people aren't looking to hold him for a long time. There'd be a short-term cash play. So I do I do understand it, but it's definitely not a move I'm uh, looking at. I just had a quick look at his trade outs for people that own him currently. One of them persons traded him out for Tom Starling. So he's the real future in that bench hooker for the Raiders. But there you go, Wade Egan. It's a, I mean, it's Brandon Smith trade that you're making. But if you had the cash, so say it's it's like for like with the price. But if you had the cash to splash out, and say could get a Harry Grant, he's been steady without being spectacular. But if you had the cash, you go and Grant over Egan, given long term play. Oh, every day you bring in the guy that you know is going to be season long hold, and Grant's averaged eighty two and a half. Still got a 74. Like His base has been 50 to 60 every game. Um, had a 74 in a game they lost 13-plus against the Dogs. So, yep. you know, you'd, you'd expect them to come out pretty strong over the next couple of weeks to bounce back from that. And you know you're going to hold him at the very least until Origin. Uh, in that case, you make some money and then you bring him back after anyway. So I'd be if you have the cash, Grant is 100% your guy. Yep, agreed. Uh, but you know what, Wade Egan's probably going to make it three from three with tries. So it's just the way this season's going. So again, it's not a risky option if you bring him in for the cash rise, but not a long-term play at this stage. Number three, real interesting name here, Jacob Karaz. So we spoke about him and how involved he was, all his stats and everything like that. Did everything right. Good in a bad side, great in a very good side. Doing all the right things, huge price rise looming for him at negative 36 BE. Is it a flash in the pan or are we saying Karaz is possibly a season-long hold two rounds in? Look, there's always that one center wing that breaks out and mm. ends up being a season-long hold. Um, Karaz has the potential for it, but I definitely wouldn't out and out say he's going to be that guy. Um, but I'm going to mitigate the risk of not having that guy, so I'm going to bring him in this week for sure. Um, for me, it's more the question of who I drop for him, whether it's Alex Johnson or Xavier Coates. And that's basically a question of do I want 200K in the bank for next week or do I want to keep AJ for his points and, you know, have no cash in the bank? So that that's the one big debate for me. But now Karaz, I'm, I'm, I'm more confident bringing Karaz in than the Hammer. You look at some of these other center wings, like the Brian Toes, who I own, who's around the same price, a higher, and Remus Smith and all these guys. And they're yeah, longer serving in the NRL and all that, and they just have not been involved. They almost are allergic to the ball in attack. Whereas a guy like Karaz, you watched him the last couple of weeks, he just gets in, he throws offloads, he wants the ball in his hands and looks like he's oh, going to get exactly like 2020 Nofaluma. That's what mm. I said to you earlier. He he was he averaged 70-something in 2020. And he was taking every single run, was offloading every single time, was breaking two or three tackles a run. It, it's exactly the same. He's, he's almost carbon copy. Yep. If you are sitting pretty with you know a lofty score and you've got trades to burn, Jacob Karaz, great play this week. Uh, a couple of dogs beneath him, Reed Marnie and Jacob Preston. Marnie, again, is that Brandon Smith replacement. He started really well. Similar boat to Karaz, was one of the better scorers in round one. Even better last week, kicked at 40-20, uh, set up two tries. Doing great stuff. Um, Marnie, where do you see him? You know, we talk about Grant, Robson, and Cook at the start of the season being the top three. Uh where do you see Marnie after 27 rounds? Uh, he's, that, he's that next tier down. He's not a season-long hold. He's not near the likes of um, Cook and Grant, and he's probably a little bit less than Robson and uh, maybe around the same level as Appy, supercoach-wise. Obviously not as good a player as Appy, but you know they get similar output scoring-wise. I do prefer the Reed play over Egan um, as the short-term cash play because Reed has the next two matchups very favorably compared to what Wade Egan has. 
So if you can afford it, if you can afford the choice of the two, I'd be leaning towards Reed. Yep. No, agreed. I think the more you know, proven commodity and playing 80 minutes as well, whereas Wade Egan's minutes are are not. Uh, I think he played 50 and 60. So, yeah, definitely Marnie is a more stable play if you can get the cash. Torhu. Um, actually, so we sort of skimmed over um, Jacob Preston. I think, yeah, if you've got a must trade, have. you'd almost boost just to get him in, given that yeah, price. Yeah, absolutely. He's a must-have playing you know, almost 80 minutes on the edge at 200K and scoring a try. He's a must-have. Yep, not even going to say you know who should you trade out because I'm sure we've all got some dead wood that needs moving on. So find a way to get him yeah. in. Uh, next on the list, uh, Torhu. He is a oh sorry, Reese Walsh. I'm skipping things ahead. Reese Walsh, number six on the list. Great game, great first game in the trials. Even better last week against us. Tore us to shreds on the edge. Looked really good. A lot of hype about him. Super coach. What are you seeing? Uh He's very, very solid, super coach wise. Has a really good run coming up with a lot of games in Queensland. Um, only I don't know if I'd be trading Teddy out to him this round. I think I'd take the punt on holding Teddy one more week. And if he doesn't perform that well this week, you trade him out next week when he has the buy to Reese Walsh. If he does very well, then you know you still have the option to go to Walsh. You get one more week to look at him and see how he performs if he can back it up. Uh, yeah, but you know either way, it's hard to go wrong. Yeah, and a stable Broncos side as well. Against you guys at home, it should be a game that they do pretty well in, uh, all things considered. But, yeah, I mean, if you weigh up, toss a coin, who scores more this week, Teddy or Reese Walsh? If you put a bet on it. Over the oh, beer as over a the Teddy right. owner, I'm, I'm going to get Teddy. Yeah, I think same as well. I mean, Reese Walsh, yeah, obviously all the emotion running higher, making his debut for the Bronx, his home club. But yeah, we'll see how he fares on the back up against uh, the lowly Dragons. So it could be an interesting watch. My app has gone bloody haywire. Maybe I'll just skip ahead and talk about Torhu Harris while I get it up again. But yeah. Torhu, um, in terms of what I think is a luxury trade, if I didn't have to put 700 fires out, Torhu was straight in, into my side if I don't have him already. What a player. 80 minutes at lock. Yeah, I don't know why we thought anything else other than to get him in round one. Well, probably because he's 34. That's why people had their doubts on him. That's why I had my doubts on him. Um, and that rotation as well with Jazz Devunga coming back soon, um, who played New South Wales Cup last week. He did only manage, manage a couple of minutes New South Wales Cup and looked absolutely gassed. So I don't know if I'm expecting him back in the next week or two, but he is looming there and will we'll come back eventually. So that's one to watch. Potentially he does it into Tohu's minutes, but either way, Tohu's a buy. Um, if you do have the cash, the available trades, um, you know, and, and the potential to bring him in, uh, he's a buy. Yep. Uh, Ezra Mam is next on the list. Really good combo last week with Reese Walsh. 61 and 82 to start his season. So looking really good. Uh, try assist in the first round, two tries last week. So good attacking stats. Longer term, he's at a pretty hefty price tag of 584K. People are moving Ponga on for him. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it, I don't love it, but don't hate it. Um, yeah, if I had Ponga, he was one I'd definitely be looking at. But you know, I haven't really put much thought into it just because I, I, I'm not in a position to bring him in. It's not someone you luxury trade to. It's more than a necessity trade. Yep, I think if you're worried about your half combination this week, or for whatever reason you got Ponga and Cleary or something like that, then yeah, maybe a smart move to to get the strike player in while the iron's hot. Uh, Jermaine Hopgood, we don't need to talk about him. 6,000 people who didn't start with him and are yet to bring him in. That should be more because he's not 100% owned. But anyway, number nine, Braden Trindle. Strange one. Uh, number nine, 235K. He's got a negative 54 break even. 
But Nico Hines is coming back soon and Trindle may be off the bench scoring zero, five points, whatever. Um, that silly play or just take the 20, 30K or 40 you're going to get and move on? Yeah, it's not one I recommend. Um, yeah, People would only do it because they absolutely have to and even then wouldn't recommend doing it. No, I'm sure there's better cash grabs that you can make this week than Big Bad Braden Trindle. So, uh, yeah. We'll see where that finishes up. DCE, uh, yeah, an interesting name here. 693K, huge round one. Almost, what, 50K higher than Jamal Fogarty. Should have found the cash, but anyway. Uh, yeah, 4,000 people trading him in. I thought, uh, yeah, really good round one. Good matchup here against, a, as you said, a tired para. So this one's a definite luxury trade. If you've, uh, yeah, find a way to get him in, you're obviously sitting pretty handily. 119 first round. Can't see much wrong. Nah. No, he's um. It's not someone I'd be looking at to trade in just yet. I think I'd want to have one more look at him. Um, mm. but 119 with a hat trick and a try assist, you'd you'd think that'd be like a 150. You would, but you know he's not making 28 hit ups a game or anything like that. I think the potential that he has to, he's not going to score three tries. I think that was the first time in his career. But he didn't have assist. a line break or line break assist. There you go. Well. Uh, yeah, it could be a, a big one. Well, I mean, you've got Garrick, you've got Turbo there, you've got Schuster now. So a lot of people that like the ball in their hands. So interested to see where he goes. I agree with you, though. If you can wait another week, uh, definitely do it. Um, all right. Anyone else that we haven't mentioned there that you're considering? No, I've already talked about the, the players I'm considering. Eli Katoa is the only one not in the top 10, but he was 11th. So I've already touched on him. I'm, I'm happy to chat about captains. Yep, let's move on to captain. So you've eyed off a, a couple of candidates we may have briefly spoken about. Who are you going VCC? I haven't fully decided on who I'm going VCC. Thursday night's got some good options with the likes of Hopgood and Turbo. I'd lean Turbo easily there in that situation. Um, there's not a lot of options this round. Potentially someone like Jerome Hughes or Harry Grant in that Saturday afternoon game. Uh, well, there is a pot option of someone like Jacob Carraz against the Tigers. Um, he could you know, have another ton in him. Uh, that would be a very pot option play, but one that I wouldn't be completely against making, to be honest. Hmm. I've gone uh, the hammer, actually, VC in that Friday night first up game. So the beauty about Penrith and owning quite a few of their shares is that a lot of easy loop options and, and not a, a lot of auto-emergency nightmares floating around, and I'm sure I'll find a few. But for me, I've, I've sort of locked him in. I was keen to look at... Uh, turbo but given he's in the first game and i'm kind of more leaning towards teddy this week just expecting a much better game with all the cavalry back i think i've landed currently on uh the hammer into teddy so all my chips on friday night a little bit nervous about teddy but i'm thinking there is that i need to pot up everyone's going to be off him if he gets 50 whatever add it to the pile yeah no I'm, that's yeah i um agree with that or your balls to the wall turbo vc hammer c I can't, like I can't get any lower, mate. I cannot don't get any like lower. No, <laughs> I, like I might that. even do it. Depends how many beers I have on the little workout tomorrow night. But uh, yeah, any final words of wisdom, Alex? I've been waiting for a joke corner or something like that from you. No, I thought well, I thought we punted that. I mean, we can bring up your rank again if you want. <laughs> yeah, that's the JC joke corner at the moment, my uh, overall ranking. But you know what? It's a marathon, not a sprint. So we'll uh, see where we're standing come round 27. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of podcasts with you, mate. Uh, it's been good. <laughs> Uh, you know, you're bringing a bit of fresh air, a bit of youthful exuberance, teaching me about TikTok and... Uh, oh, I was gonna... I'm not even a TikTok owner. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to... I stay away from the TikTok and stuff, yeah. 
There you go. And I was about to, almost said Tinder, which, yeah, there you Tinder. go. Tinder? You, oh. you have not been showing as, as too. No, uh, I don't know if the girl can be a fan of that. Yeah, no, neither. So there you go. Um, all good. Well, it's been a fun round three. I'm keen to see where I, I sit. My boy Harry Grant in there is filling me with confidence. So, uh, But who knows? You know, Wade Egan's probably going to outscore him. That's just the way Supercoach is going. Thanks very much for joining me on the pod again, mate. I know I've kept you sitting around all night while I do my actual day job. So I appreciate you hanging around and, yeah. Happy to be here and uh, happy to, you know, provide the wisdom Absolutely. Well, you're 45,000th. You're a lofty, lofty gentleman. So there you go. All right. Thank you very much, Alex. Look forward to reading Buy, Sell, Hold and catching up with you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh shit! No, I didn't. I didn't see anything. Um... Yeah, it, ne- it never dropped out from what I saw. Um, yeah, so easy. I've got to run, but yeah, I'll, um, I will because I'm going away and stuff. I'll pump out buy sell hold at some point tomorrow, um, and send that across to you if that's alright to upload probably on Thursday. What are you supposed to talk about? Predicting the future. Yeah. Alright. Ah, all good. I'll catch you later.